Uh, welcome back to the Gen Z Hockey Podcast with Zahar and Lucas. And we have part-time guest host. I don't know. Uh, but we have Trevor, our local um, Vancouver Canucks fan. Um, their season's still going. So we'll touch upon that, I guess. And then we'll talk about how um, how the playoffs are going and how our predictions are falling uh, are, are laying out or whatever and um we have that and we'll preview the jets and edmonton series that's happening tonight and um we'll preview the leafs montreal series that's happening tomorrow so can't wait to that the the wait's over and um yeah we're here we made it we're here we're <laughs> we, yeah we made, uh, we made it, it and, i've been uh, I've been Trevor. I hope you know. I'm so I'm actually jealous of you because you can just watch. You can just watch it with with you know with enjoyment as a as a yeah as a party who doesn't care. Ever since like Saturday, I'm I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous for Thursday. See, but my thing is, after this season, watching the Canucks just crash and burn, I kind of miss being stressed about hockey. Because, like, I mean, talking about, like, last year, like, in the bubble, the Canucks, like, that was fun. They were so fun. That was fun. But, like, it was stressful because it was, you know, it was my team. But, yeah, like, it's, it's, hockey. it's, it's like, hockey. it's weird because it's, like, I almost miss it because I almost feel like I don't care as much because the Canucks aren't playing. Like, I'm going to watch. I'm going to enjoy the games. But, like, there's something about, like, having that, like, like either expectations or hope <laughs> that kind of gives you – um, makes you kind of pay attention a little more, get you a little bit more like engaged and involved invested. in everything that's going on. Yeah, it gets you more invested in the in the game. But uh, yeah, so Canucks are Canucks and Flames are playing their last game today. Um, and yeah, it's it's yeah, <laughs> it's it's great. It's great. There's no God, the There's NHL. It's really oh, so funny. It's so I just think it's funny. I just think it's funny. So if we're gonna so, since you're here, I just I, I really want to ask you this. Um, one, what do you think went wrong this season? And two, uh, it was said yesterday that Jim Benning's back for for a season. How do you feel about how do you feel about that? So the thing with Jim Benning, I'm not surprised. The fan base is not not doing great with that news. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see with Seattle joining if, if any Cox fans jump ship because they're right there. Oh um, man. <laughs> That would be so funny. I, um, uh, but everyone's uh, like, with Jim Benning, it doesn't surprise me in that the ownership has been very straightforward about the fact that they don't want to spend much right now. And I, they've I talked a lot about how they don't want to pay Jim Benning to not be part of their staff. Um, the one thing for me that I kind of thought about and went, this isn't the worst thing in the world. I'm kind of over Jim Benning, but the one thing is that they don't really have the cap space to do anything this off season. So, I mean, with, with J- Jay Beagle can go to Seattle or Antoine Roussel can go to Seattle. Like that's the thing is that like, if there's any year to keep him going one more, it, it might be just better off dumping him next off season. Yeah. Um, and then you only eat one year, but I mean, I've kind of felt like Jim Benning's, I thought he should have been gone after this year, but I, I guess. And so, do you think, do you think he's attributed to like why this year just didn't work out? Uh, 
I don't know. Like you look at the off season and people will talk about Markstrom Tanev to Foley. I have no problem with them losing Markstrom or Tanev. Yeah. To be honest, they got long-term. Those deals I don't think are going to age well. Although Chris Tanev has been really solid this year, but you can just kind of tell with Markstrom, like he's going to get overworked and it's by the end of that deal, it's not going to be good. Yeah. Um, Tyler Toffoli is the one that is frustrating. I'm kind of over that at this point because we've kind of beating a dead horse. Yeah. But um, still like that. Troy Stetcher too is another one that goes underrated. That was weird. I, I, I thought that was weird. Um, but I don't know. This season was just weird. Like they started off bad. They had a brutal schedule to start the year, which is part of it. But part of it is they just didn't play well. Um, and then the whole COVID thing was just a mess. But I think by that point, they were kind of out of it already. So, yeah. Um, with the, because you guys have to re sign um, Elias Pedersen and um, Quinn Hughes. So, how are you looking at that? Are you thinking long term deals for both of them or shorter term deals for like, I, I, I was thinking that shorter term deal for Elias Pedersen just because uh, he was injured and didn't really have like, uh, his time to shine. So I'm thinking like a shorter term deal for him. And then Quinn Hughes, a longer term deal because he is like the future of the defense in, uh, in the Vancouver Canucks. I don't know. I don't know if they have the cap space to do more than a bridge for both. Oh, okay. That's kind of what I'm thinking. And I think they've kind of earmarked. And I think it's interesting because I think this season, if anything, might've actually brought down the price for, a couple of those guys, like maybe not by a lot, but like they definitely had the potential if they had great years to like, you're looking at like nine, 10 million, but yeah, I think yeah. you're probably looking at probably seven-ish, seven or eight. Oh, okay. So somehow this is a blessing in disguise because you guys are going to get uh, more caps or you'll have less cap space for each of these players. Uh, I, I mean, I guess it'll be interesting though. They both share an agent now. Oh, okay. So they'll probably try to, the agent will probably try to get the matching contract. Yeah. Um, so that'll kind of be interesting to, uh, to see how that goes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's the end of the Vancouver Canucks season. Hopefully next year it's better. Um, they did have that. I no? seriously doubt it. I, I, no, not better. Why I would doubt it is, is if they go back to normal divisions, the Pacific's going to be really, it's going to be really, really tough again. And that's why it, it's, again, it's nothing against the Canucks, nothing against like their fans or anything. I just don't think that they can compete with the, with the Pacific think, as, as it's been. I think they'll be better next year than they are this year, but I don't think that's saying much. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you guys are going to have Seattle there too. So, like, that's going to be like, we don't know how Seattle's going to go. It might go the Vegas way or it might go through every other expansion way where they're just trash for, like, 10 years before they do anything good. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, moving on to um, the playoffs. They're in full swing right now. I think a bunch of teams are playing tonight. Um, a bunch of the series are already, like, two games in hand. Like, uh, they've already played two games. Um, so we'll just go through each series. We'll talk about it, see how everyone's having it. Um, Lucas, uh, not Lucas, uh, Trevor, do you have your predictions for the first round by any chance? Um, I didn't make any like specific predictions, but um, I kind of, I don't know. Like I didn't really write anything down, but I have. Oh, okay. Uh, that's, so, no, that's no problem. We can just talk. We can just talk about it. 
Like I like the first round. The first round's always the. It's like bumper cars. It just all the time. It's like it, it always just feels like there's like you know there's three games a night. Like it's it's always on and it's great. So I I thought the playoffs started with an absolute bang with that first uh, Capitals and Bruins game. I thought yep. that was great. Um, am I? Okay, so if if we can start with that series because they they played yet they played two days ago. My story of the playoffs is I need Craig Anderson to go win sixteen games and win that cup. Like, uh, go Leafs go, of course. But how great of a story is that? Craig Anderson first game first game of the playoffs, he's on the bench, and he leads his team to a Stanley Cup. Because wow, is that is that team hurting when it comes to goaltending? Yeah, well, they they did. What wasn't their goalie on um in, in COVID protocol or whatever? Samsonov. Yeah. yeah, Samsonov. I thought was yeah. So he's so, in COVID right? COVID protocol. Yeah, so they have like zero goaltending. I think Anderson's gonna be the player for like the next two games. I think if if it, yeah, it's gonna go at least five games. So I think the next two games Anderson's, and then he's supposed to come back. So they might get goaltending that might save the season. But the way everything's going, I don't think. The Bruins are winning that series. I picked no the Bruins. I don't want them to win, though. Is that does that make sense? Yeah, the whole Capitals and Anderson just coming out of nowhere would be great, but I don't think that's going to happen. It's no shot. Uh, Trav, what do you think? Well, it's it's been a it's been fun. It's been physical. It's been good hockey. Um, it'll be interesting to see because, I mean. The thing is, if you're an NHL goalie, any goalie can, for one game, stand on his head. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of can you sustain it over a full series. And that's yeah. where it, I'm a little worried for Washington. And g- game two was not a good – game two was not a good for – was not good for the Craig Anderson defense squad because, mom, mama, was that, uh, was that interesting? Yeah. <laughs> also, um, Washington's not a great defensive team. Oh, that yeah. overtime winner was just a like Marshan's overtime winner was just a complete defensive miscue. You like they had two, uh, like it was Brandon Dillon and Justin Schultz are literally like standing next to each other, and you have Marshan over open for the one timer, and Pasternak's wide open down low, and he could have gone there as well, and it was just a complete miscue on their part. Um, we were talking about this before. That third goal looked really weird. The Taylor Hall goal. We talked about this the, yeah. in the group chat. That that goal looked really weird. Was it interference or was it not? Like I've watched it like a couple dozen times on Twitter, like one of those gift things, and I yeah. can't tell if it's interference or not. Like it, it was so weird because because there was a Boston player that went into the crease, but then Connor Sheary on Washington decides to just Superman his way into the crease. And that's what hit Craig Anderson and jarred the puck. Like, did you see that too? Yeah, yes. that's, that's yeah. Where the there was contact from the Boston guy, but then it was Sherry just basically just jumped on the Boston guy who was on top of Anderson, and it was just a pile up. Yeah, it was just so, a dog pile. But it, it looked like Connor Sherry was the one that that jarred the puck loose. Like, did you see that, Sahar? Yeah. So it was it was a Boston guy coming in on the uh, cap goalie. Then another Caps player came in on the Boston guy, and then the puck just like squeaked out of somewhere, and then Taylor Hall somehow got it. Like it was just it's absolute scramble in front of that, and then it goes in. So I think 
the Caps didn't want to challenge it because Connor Sheary came in flying Superman and wanted to save the day, but ended up screwing it up. Ended and, up uh, screwing it all up. It reminded me, as far as I remember this, uh, remember that remember that two-game series against Calgary where David Riddish decided to turn into a brick wall, and then yep. right at the very end of the second game, Nylander scored a goal. It reminded me of that play because it's just like everyone's everywhere, and then yep. the puck's just kind of there, and he puts it in. But it's just it was it was a weird goal, but I. I don't blame them for not challenging because because I'm not giving the Bruins a, a power play. Yeah, I'm not giving the Bruins a potential power play unless I know definitively that I have a that I have a very very good argument for for goalie interference yeah. call and and I, I don't think that they had a, a good argument for something like that. Yeah, it's it's a weird weird play, very so weird play. But that yeah. yeah, so that series is tied one one, um, and that's going into. Uh, game three, I believe, is tonight. Funniest thing I ever, I, I've ever seen. Bruins Twitter literally said, "What happened to Chara?" I guess when he went to the Capitals, he, came, he became a dirty player. Oh yeah, this is what I wanted to talk about. The Bruins and Capitals are like they're <laughs> <Jarvis> looking. <laughs> they're looking. That's what a Game Seven Stanley Cup Final will do to you. <laughs> each each of these teams is looking in the mirror at themselves, and it's fantastic. It's, it's, the Spider-Man. it's the Spider-Man meme. Yeah, it's a, it's the Spider-Man meme where like they're pointing at each other. It Boston Boston is the Capitals and the Capitals is Boston when it comes to like having a lot of dirty players that don't get reprimanded because the NHL is just terrible oh, when Tom it comes Wilson, to reprimanding. Tom Wilson was the best player in game one. Oh like, yeah. For sure. When he opened the scoring, I was like, of course, who else was it gonna be? Also, the funniest thing was outrage from when he hit, um, was it Lazar, over the bench? Yeah, uh, it, was, it was something like that. Yeah, he hit someone in the bench. That, and they're like, it's charging, all this stuff. That's it's like one char- of the least dirty things Tom Wilson's ever done, if we're going to be honest here. Exactly. Because <laughs> there, there was a play earlier in the season that he actually got suspended for. You know, Tom Wilson got suspended. Who, who knew that, that was possible? He got suspended seven games for a hit on a Bruins player. I want to say it was... I want to say Brandon it was Carlo. uh, it was Carlo. Okay, yeah, it was Carlo. He hit him straight in the head and got and got a seven game suspension. So that, I think that's why Bruins fans are a little crispy. I love talking with this. Like you can definitely tell these fan bla- these fan bases and these players don't like each other. And just oh, the chippiness, the chippiness of that series, I think is is a real, it's a real key to to how good the series is because just the chippiness, the hits, the goals, the play in general. It's uh, very very. It's a very very interesting series. Playoff hockey, playoff playoff hockey, and I I usually hate that term, but there's sometimes where it's it's well it's a well it's a well said term I guess in this series. And okay, we were talking about Craig Anderson not being at his best. Tuka, Tuka's five hole is in full playoff swing at the moment because dang, can he not like shots shots from the point that end up going through his five hole like the OT winner. There was a goal in the second game, and Tuka's got some. Tuka's got to make some more saves, I think. But the same can be said for the other teams' goal. Like, like they could say that for the Anderson, like playing, like both games were close, and like both games were close. But Tuka's definitely let in a couple goals where I go, oh, okay, that's uh, that's that's a goal, I guess. Uh, Who like. Like, I would say that less for this series. I'd say it more for like the Island Panthers, uh, Penguins, 
because oh, Dodd's okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 is and, brutal. But the, the Islanders led a goal yesterday that was brutal as well. But Varlamov. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I know. I know that Varlamov was in the first game, and I think Sorokin was actually in yesterday. No, so it was Sorokin he... game one, Varlamov game two. Oh, yeah. oh really? Dang. Okay. They so, should have kept Sorokin going. Yeah. Um. So no, the the OT winner in game two, in game one. Sorry for the Boston series. Like it hit two, it hit Tuka like in his chest, and then it went down, and I think it hit a stick and went through his five hole. Something dumb, and I'm like, hey, it yeah. went in. It was it was a stupid, stupid goal, but it went in. Uh, and Nick Dowd. Hey, that, that was guy. Jay Beagle replacement. <laughs> Jay Beagle replacement. He's literally the Jay Beagle. Also, he's also a former Canuck. Oh my god, how funny <laughs> is that? I didn't know that. Damn. That's that's funny. So great series. Uh, I, I'm sure it's going to be another great one tonight. I still have Boston winning, especially with Craig Anderson. But I do, I do want the, I do want the Capitals to win. Okay, you guys, you guys kind of agree with me? No, uh, I'm. I called Boston, and I'm going to stick with Boston because the way things are playing, I'm, I'm going to think Boston. Who, who are you thinking, Trevor? Um, I don't know. Like again, I want Washington to win. I, I hate Boston so much. But um, it's the, it's the hate Boston podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I I think Boston adding Taylor Hall is huge. Oh man, yeah, he's been like great. that. I think that puts them over the top in this series. Mm-hmm. You just see Brad Marchand jumping into Taylor Taylor Hall's Hall's <laughs> yeah, that arms. That was, that was great. That was probably one of my favorite. Was it Taylor clips. Hall like, yeah, he doesn't weigh much, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, he's yeah. like Taylor Hall's like, yeah, I've been I've been working out, so it, it oh, wasn't I'm hard. Out. Pump and iron like friggin' Arnold Schwarzenegger. Come on, um, okay, moving on to other uh, central division, central or east? No, east division east. Uh, game yeah, I... uh, series is Penguins and Islanders. Uh, Islanders, um, the series is tied at one one. Islanders take game one. Penguins take game two. What do you guys think about the series? Here's what's so funny about the East. I took a team. I, I took. I, so I took. I took Boston and the Islanders to win in their series, and I'm cheering for the team that they're playing against. That's what's so, that's what I hate about the NHL about the NHL playoffs. That's what I hate about the Stanley Cup playoffs is I want I want the Penguins to win and I want the Capitals to win, but I know the Islanders and the Bruins are going to win. And when when Kyle Palmieri scored in Game One, a part of me was I was like, ah, oh, shit, but then I was like, oh, but yay, you know, like it was. And Tristan Jari in that first, I know he bounced back in Game Two. Man, did that glove have some holes in it? Yeah, his glove he, hand is not good. Yeah, he lost that game. He lost that game. He's the only person that you can blame for that losing that game. Kapanen, Crosby literally. Sidney Crosby scored a one-handed tip goal from the slot. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Kapanen scored Donkulous. a nice. scored a nice goal to tie it up to get it into overtime. Sperry Kapanen went bar down on a shot from the slot. Never, I've never seen Kapanen not score a breakaway, not score a goal that wasn't a wide open net or a breakaway in my life. Yeah, and I guess he's improved on his shot, so good for him. But just the Pajot goal, the Nelson, the 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 Nelson goal that made it three uh, two. I know Kapanen made it three three, but still. And I, I'm not gonna blame him for the OT goal because that was like a sliver that was like a percentage of a percentage, you know, friggin' yeah. goal. It was like a sliver of daylight and he hit it right there. So, okay. But just those, some of those glove hand goals, I went, dude, like, no, not good enough. Just yeah. not good enough. Especially for, as an, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. If he saved at least like two or two of those goals, then, um, 
he, they would have won that game easily. Like oh. two goal saves, he lets in two goals. They score four goals and uh, or three goals, and they they win that game. And they could be leading two two zero. On the flip but... side, Varlamov whiffed on a shot in game two. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't watch. I watched the last couple of minutes last game. I saw the. I saw the Brian Russ penalty. I, I guess we'll get into that. But I saw the Varlamov thing before we got on. Boy, was that he a just missed it. That was yeah. like. That looks like an out. That looked like an outfielder that just that just missed a missed a fly ball. That's what it looked like. That's what it looked like. And man, and they won that game by one goal. It's goaltending makes or breaks your, your makes or breaks games, and that's why I'm nervous for Jack Campbell personally oh, because I know just, I know he's great, but damn, damn, it can it can screw you. Especially a team like the Islanders that is such a defensive team. They're not going to score much. They're not. They're, they, their strategy is to score one or two goals and just shut you down. I was, I was surprised they got four in the first game, and that's why, that's why they added Palmieri and Zajac, and good for them. But I wasn't expecting Palmieri because he had two goals in his 17, in 17 games, and boom, he scores two goals in his first game back. So, yeah, like it's a good – I love how you bring up, like, they're not going to score many goals. And if you're whiffing on pucks like that – kind of it really screws over your team especially a team like that that doesn't score a lot yeah so uh do we want to talk about the uh the basketball play by ryan uh oh by brian rust Rust. 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 so um he decided that he wants to play basketball i guess and uh he didn't want to play with the puck anymore and just launches (laughs) it or throws it just right out of the arena for some reason just just it, it was a weird play because you can bat the puck out of midair. Like that's yeah. not that's that's a play. He freaking like grabbed it like it was a baseball and just chucked it. Was it was it over the was it over the boards? I don't think so. I don't think it was over the boards, but he definitely just grabbed it and threw it out of the zone. And close to your hand on a puck is I don't know if it's delay is it delay of game or is it uh it's its own penalty. It's its own penalty. Okay, it, it's just a two minute penalty. Just yeah. Okay. Penalty. Uh, so he just closes his hand on it and throws it out. And, like, that penalty could have really bit them in the ass. Because yeah. it was a two-minute minor with a, what, a minute and a half left, a minute 20 left, something like that. They pulled the goalie for a six on four. That could have really screwed them up. But in a way, I saw it as a bit of a blessing in disguise because anytime Pittsburgh got the puck, got the puck, they could just send it down the ice and not worry about an icing. Yeah. That's actually yeah. If you look at it from that way, but it's also I look, like I try to look at it from a glass half full perspective, but I also look at it as damn that could have been that could have been really bad. Okay, so yes, that works, but like it's it's a uh, four six on four, so it's like and it's a stupid penalty. It's a yeah, that too. Yeah, it's a it, like the call the penalty itself might be considered stupid, but Brian Russ didn't have to do that. Yeah. He didn't have to you know close his hand it. on the puck. He didn't have yeah. to launch it. So. If, if that if that goal goes in, if they score on that, you know, uh, six on four, that's a goal that didn't need to happen because that was a penalty that was easily avoidable. Yeah. Like, like, do, do you agree kind of that, with that, Trev? Like, I, I, I felt that was easily avoidable. Yeah. Like, and like, if because also, like, I mean, you see it all the time. Guys bat the puck out of the zone. Yeah, um, you're allowed to. You're allowed to make a hand pass in your own end. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like that's just. I don't know what he was thinking, but it probably just wasn't. It probably wasn't. That's that's <laughs> the real thing. Know. It's 
it's people say that it's like a it's like an instinct thing but my like an instinct for me like i, I don't know I, I played growing up but i never played professionally but it ins- I, I never instinctively like you know grabbed it and threw it it's more of like a you know grab it put it down try to get it out but it's he literally grabbed it like it was a baseball and threw it out which oh shit which like i i like it, it was it was such a it was such a mind-boggling penalty that he could have taken and just thank god thank god thank god it didn't turn into anything else but and the, and the funny one, thing one is, series yeah keep going sorry. yeah uh, and the funny thing is is i've never seen this in like regular season oh never. and then he's like he's like okay no one has seen this in the regular season. Let's bring it out for the playoffs. And then just someone launching pucks with their hand. Like, I've never seen it in the regular season. And I love how he, he, he it just happens in the playoffs. Like, I've seen, I've seen like pucks being covered in, in the goal crease and having that be a penalty shot because it is. Like, yeah. I'm, uh, like, like, I've seen that a couple times. But I love how you brought up I've never seen that, that in the regular season or ever. That reminded me of, uh, remember Russell Martin when he threw, when he threw the ball off the, off the Rangers guy? Uh, in game in game five uh, in in the MLB, uh, yeah, that, I, I, I hope was, you guys remember uh, that. The half inning before the Bautista home run. Yeah, it was that. Like that was a play no one had ever seen that before, yeah. and it it nearly cost the Jays like a trip to the ALCS. And this and this penalty nearly cost it nearly cost the Penguins a game. Yeah, it, it nearly cost them going into Long Island down, down to nothing. Yeah, to nothing. Which, which that's a death sentence. Yeah, that is a death, death sentence. Talking about death sentences, um, the Lightning and Panthers, um, the series I thought would have been more competitive. I guess not. Game uh, one the, was so competitive. Game one was so close. Yes, yes. It was not even close. Okay, so for the Lightning Panthers game one, it was Lightning 5 4. Um, they they win it over. Was it in overtime? No, no that was, was the one game. That was, was the one game in regulation. It was, it was like a goal, though. It was, yeah, it was last like minute, a minute left. It was basically yeah. overtime, but God, uh, I want I want This is another series. I picked Tampa. I'm sure for the Panthers. Like I, like I, I want, I want Florida to win just because, like that team. That team's been so underrated this year, and they've been kind of a laughing stock of through the NHL just because they're a Sun Belt team. But a Sun Belt team like Florida. To beat a team like Tampa, yes, they're rivals, yes, another Sun Belt team, but Florida, Florida's always gotten such a such a bad rap because they've been like you know, in a normal year they have what thirty people show up to their games, and no, the same amount that they do in a pandemic year. Yeah, the same amount that they do in a pandemic, and I, I wanted I wanted for that team that's been so underratedly good this year, in a division that granted we'll say is the worst out of the four. But they've been so underratedly good that I wanted them to, to win and just they're too strong. Tampa's too strong. People would debate that, that that's the worst division, but okay. Um, but yeah, um, Kucherov comes back. Stamkos comes back. Looks like neither of them missed a step. Um, they had a year off, uh, so that's good for them, I guess. Kucherov, uh, no, Kucherov had a year off. Stamkos, sorry, was, Kuch- just, yeah. Stamkos was just injured for like the last couple of weeks or something. Should yeah. we be mad about the Kucherov situation? Um, okay, so when it comes to that, um, for those that don't know, Kucherov was just at the beginning of the season. He's like, uh, he was just ruled out for the entire season. They're like, yeah, he's gonna come back for the playoffs. Um, and the way things were going, and like uh, he was skating like three weeks ago, and he looked healthy enough to be playing three weeks ago, but because of the cap and 
the cap circumvention and everything that Tampa Bay is doing is that like they he cannot be activated because they just they they were like 18 million over the cap or something like that. Well, they're they're currently they're currently spending 98 million dollars for the for the for the roster that they have which is 98 an, million in an 81 million dollar cap which it's just so I would like, I'm blame... sure I'm sure the Leafs are definitely up there when it comes to when it comes to spending yeah. but that whole that whole situation I'm just like man it's so it's so weird and it's just I don't should should Tampa pay pay some somewhat of a penalty for being no for being this much you you don't no. think so so 15 of the teams are above the cap when it like with LTRR and those kind of things and no it's not don't blame the players blame the game that game is set up to be rigged like this literally half the team is rigging it in a way that they're all over the cap, but yet they're icing a team that is under the cap. Should in future, you know, CBA BS, you know, negotiations, should we have a play? Should we have a playoff salary cap or a playoff range of, you can have a, of, you can have a salary cap from up to, you know, 88 to $94 million, something like that. No. So I've, I've heard this from a couple of like podcasts, the way they talk about it is they should have the, I think it's the, N, the luxury tax. So I think it's the NBA model where the cap is to, let's say a hundred million. And then you can go to 150 million, but everything you use in that, uh, in that 50 million above the hundred gets taxed th- two and a half times or three and a half times of so and then, for every and the richer and the richer teams will be fine with that, and they can pay the poor teams. I don't see the yeah. problem there. Um, and then so though those extra money can either go to small market teams or how the NBA does it is they go to a women's league or outreach programs, and they have that extra. So let's say we get Mitch Marner in the luxury tax, so that's like ten million roundup. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, the the Maple Leafs are would have to pay let's say twenty million. F- for them to have that $10 million uh, in that cap. I think that's literally the only way to go because then that would, the rich teams, like Tampa Bay in scale compared to other teams is a small market team. It's it's a small market. Yeah. Like, and they're still able to afford to pay almost $100 million when it comes to the cap, which is just ridiculous. And they're able to do it. They're successful at doing it. And they're, I don't think they're losing, they're losing money this year, but previous years, I don't think they were losing money and that they see the value in that. And they're literally just playing the game in any way they can to be more successful than every other team in the league. And that's it's, it, you can't blame the, the teams, the players for following the rules and cap, um, manipulating what is set up. It's the, it's the game. You have to change the game for, so that the players can, follow the game i think what i i think what i meant to say by fine is that is that kind of model is that kind of model where like where like i think and i think the leafs if they spend over should should pay as well and like the canucks are a big market aren't they like like i feel like if they i feel like if they you know went went over in a playoff scenario like they they would have to pay for a luxury tax like like trev do you agree like do you kind of see what the look like the the luxury tax 2011 team that went to the finals was about eight million over the cap and what was the cap then? Like the cap then was so much less. Like what was it? Like seventy million? Maybe yeah, like in the seventy 60s? something. Yeah. Seven. Like, like they were like seven and a half, eight million over the cap. 
Exactly. And those players, like, like I, I would love to – I'd love to go back and see like players that I grew up watching and how little they made compared to the players now. Cause the salary cap was just so like when the salary cap was implemented in 0506 after the lockout, it was like 55 million. It wasn't, it wasn't huge. And we keep thinking that we keep thinking what we have now is nothing. What we had back then was nothing. And I, I'm really interested. Like I would love to just, you know, you can probably just Google it, but I would love to see like players, players that like, you know, like I, I, don't know, I don't know what the Sedins made. You know, back in back when they made, you know, like back in like 2010 or 2011 when they went when they went to the cop. Their last contract they signed was seven per, but I don't remember when they signed it. Mm. Okay, and and that's but that's that's an example right there. Like the Sedins were elite elite talent, and they were making seven million. That's that's Nylander money, you know. So that's like, that's like who who on the Canucks makes seven? Like that's Bo Horvat money. Basically, so, yeah, Alex Edler makes six. Yeah. <laughs> so the He's lightning. It's a little bit different, but um. Yeah. So the lightning ha- are at ninety-eight point eight million for their final cap hit. Um, the Isle, uh, the Blues are at ninety million. Islanders eighty-eight million. What are the Leafs at? Um, the Leafs are at eighty-four million. The Leafs are only three million. That's that's surprising. Okay. That's surprising um, that they're only three up. The the Canucks are fourth with eighty six million. So they're not even in the playoffs. How does that work? That's crazy. Uh, they had COVID they and a bunch, and of, guys bunch on of injuries. LTIR too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it's LTI LTIR. I think like I, do you think the Leafs kind of invented the LTIR space with what they did with like you know. Um, you know, Horton and David Clarkson and Joffrey Loophole. Like, I think they kind of invented that sort of loophole. I think them and the Coyotes, because the Coyotes had, like, Marion Hosa and Dave Bolin on LTIR for Double years. Datsuk, Chris Pronger. Datsuk, they had Datsuk and Chris, Datsuk and Chris Pronger, Arizona yeah. Coyotes legends, who yeah. for forever were, like, were just on the Coyotes for some reason uh, doing LTIR. Like, it was really, it was really that that really just made the coyotes or and the leafs like they they invented that whole ltir system and other other teams are doing it marion gabrick is literally on the tampa bay lightning that was a little bit different in that the coyotes needed it to get to the floor oh of course and the sens the sens (laughs) the sens now have i think they have a bunch of ltir because they need to hit the floor as well um and yeah yeah crazy crazy stuff so of the like of the 30 31 teams 14 of them went over the salary cap um through like LTIR and other stuff. So how how many of those okay, so how many of those teams do you think are like big consider big markets? You know, your Leafs, your Rangers, okay, I'll, your I'll Bruins. Okay, down the list. Um Tampa, no. Blues, St. Louis, no. No, no I don't think so. Islanders uh, Islanders yeah, is a big yeah, one. That, that's New York. It's that's New York. York. Yeah. New, New York. York. So that's thing. Uh, Canucks. That's a big market. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blackhawks. So. Big market. Yeah, big market. Absolutely. Ducks. No. 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 Uh, Oilers. Yes, I yes. think so. I think they'd be a medium-sized market, but I think they're bigger when it comes to like the other NHL teams. Yeah. yeah. Um, Capitals. Yes. Yes. Dallas yeah. Stars. No. No, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Jets. Small market. Um, Jets. No. Maple Leafs, big yeah, market. Yeah, yeah. Avs, 
Habs, yeah. Abs, abs can go either oh, way, abs? I guess. Abs? Yeah. I thought you said Habs. Colorado abs? Avalanche. Oh. Yeah. Uh, no, I wouldn't consider it. I wouldn't consider it. Vegas Golden Knights? Nope. No, you want to consider they, they them? Have money. Like, they have money, though, yeah. They do have Vegas money. money. Penguins? Okay, okay. I'd Penguins, say yeah. yes. Yes. Uh, and then Canadians. Okay, so yeah. that's like... That's like okay, nine... Man. So nine of those, so the majority of those teams are big market teams. We still, we still had like five or six of them that were small market teams yep. still, going, still going over. Like, like the luxury, the luxury tax seems like the right way to go, but for some reason the NHL feels like what what makes me what makes this not make sense is look at the NBA, look at how successful they are. Let's not follow their market of success. Let's let's yep. do our own, even though we're not as successful. It's it's. It's something that really doesn't make, make a lot of sense to me. But hey, I I don't run I don't run the league. I just I'm just a I'm just a fan who hopes that one day he can run the league. I don't know. Like it's well we'll see. We'll, we'll okay. see. So we have to get back to the playoffs. Yeah, that's, that's we're, my fault. we're coming that's my fault. into an, almost uh, 45 minutes, so we gotta uh, gotta keep get keep going. Um, we talked. Islanders, Penguins. We talk Boston Caps, uh, Preds, Hurricanes. Let's talk about them shortly. Um, no. I don't think the Preds have any shot at this. Uh, the close. Hurricanes just won, uh, like won five two in their game one, and they were dominant. They played really well and scored a bunch of goals. So I don't think the Preds have any shot when it comes. Uh, yeah, of I don't winning think the, the Preds have. Like the the Preds, the Preds scored first in game one. Yeah. We'll give them that, but just I. Uh, they're too they're so strong they're so like yeah like they're and also their goaltending too there were a couple like a couple of jordan stall's goals i was like dude like like both of the like both of those goals i was like come on uc Saros. like yeah. that's that's a reason it's like 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 nashville's problem in how, how many years have we gone well nashville's great at pecorino if Pecorino can be sustainable, Nashville's great. Yeah. If their goaltending can be sustainable, and just no, and I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. Like making the playoffs for a team like Nashville, probably good, but just no, nah, man, no, nah, I don't, I don't see it. Sorry. I don't know if it was good for them because at like halfway through the season, they were ready for- to ready to sell off the entire goddamn team. That and was I, that was I so guess, shocking. I guess Do you remember that, that trend. Remember that yeah, they, were like, they were literally just like TSAC home rumors wouldn't stop. Yeah. Yep. And then and in the like end, they Marcus did nothing Grant on the trade as well. Yeah. And then in the end Mikhail. on the trade deadline, they Mikhail didn't do anything. Grandland. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're right. Marcus was it Marcus Granlund? Marcus Granlund was on the was on the Canucks, right? Marcus played for the Canucks and uh Canucks media coined the term Sea of Granlands because they had a whole bunch of mediocre bottom six guys like Marcus Granlund. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> that's a bad way of being like. That. You, you want to be Grandlands. named after something, but that's Jesus. a bad thing to be named <laughs> after. Sea of Grandlands. Yeah, they called oh, the Sea of Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. It's like 2017, they had they iced a bunch of guys: Michael Chaput, Jason Megna, Nick Dowd, who's uh, doing stuff for Washington. Nick Dowd is on Washington. Um, Man, no, those are some names. Those are some. Those are some bottom feeding names that. No, no one's heard of it in a while. Um, so moving on to the next series that I think is going to be really short, um, the Colorado Avalanche and the St. Louis Blues. Avalanche just demolished them in game one. Um, 
like they demol they demolished the St. Louis Blues when when Jordan Bennington had one of his best games of of this season. Yeah. Yeah. If the Blues have any chance, even winning a couple games, Jordan Benning has to do that every night. And it's like we saw that with the Canucks, like with, with Jacob Markstrom. That's not like it's not sustainable. And then Thatcher mm-hmm. Demko was incredible last year, and they still couldn't put it off, pull it off. Yeah. Like it's well, not sustainable to be like, well, sorry, Jordan, it's, it's all on you now, buddy. Like, uh, like they're too fast, they're too strong. Like McCarr, McKinnon, Landeskog, Landeskog with the Gordy Howe hat trick. Like they're just too fast, too good, and it's yeah, like, it's gonna be quick. It's gonna be a quick one. Also, if Colorado figures this out. Jordan Benjamin's really weak low blocker. Yeah. That's something I, think... I learned watching the bubble last year. I mean, you know, take the bubble with a grain of salt, but like when the Canucks played the Blues, every shot that beat Jordan Bennington was low blocker. I think okay, the Canucks, well... or I think Vancouver, or sorry, Colorado after this series is going to go back and watch the tape and be like, we took 50 shots where did we score and they're going to be recalibrating and they're just going to be going all blocker side and just going to be hitting that point. I think for every single shot that they can take, because that's, I think his weak point. And, but Jordan Binnington was the only player that kept that team in that game. I think at at the end of the game, it was like 50 to 25 or something, which was just ridiculous. That scorpion save on Ranton was ridiculous. Oh, that was crazy. That was insane. I like, I watched the play again. Like ranted in like um Kadri gave him a bit a bit of a crappy pass, but it like but still like that's gotta go in and he just oh man, right yep. right on the toe. Crazy. Great 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 save. I'm not the biggest I'm not the biggest Bennington fan. I think he's kind of a dick. But like I I like I'll I'll congratulate him if he's if he's doing well. But just I he needs to play that way for you know six more games, maybe. Or yeah. or probably yeah. It's probably going to be three more games, but hopefully six more games. Um, Another, yeah. if, if they're going to want to, if they're going to get through the series. Another and, thing was just the crowd. That was that was kind of fun with Colorado. The crowd. What, yeah. what made me what made me love that was hearing them grew after every Philip Grubauer save. That's like, pretty that's good. Fun. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. that. Yeah. Oh that's my fun. god. I, I don't want to get I don't want to get into this, but it, like so jealous, just so gosh darn jealous. And like I that, just, that was that oh was fun god. to watch. To see, see okay, so great so to watch. I was talking with someone about like the first uh, Lightning and Panthers game. Was the game as good as it was, or did the crowd play into the entire thing, making it feel like it's better than it was? No, the game was great. The game was actually the game was actually a great game, a great yeah. game of hockey, and the fans add another gear to the game. Yeah, even they were at probably half capacity, but just the fans added another another gear to this game because fans make sporting events, fans make concert events, fans yeah. fans enhance the experience, and that's that's why. Yes, it was a yes. The fans added to it, but the game was actually great itself. Like yeah, a four-four game that got decided by a breakaway in the final minute. That's that's a that's an A plus game in my book. Yes, but like when it comes to like the little scrums after each whistle and like them throwing the rats that on the enhanced, ice, that that's in, that's enhanced by the fans. Would would that game be as entertaining as it or as exciting as it was if there were no fans? Those moments right there where it's like little you know BS scrums after the whistle, they're 
they're not as exciting if there's no fans. Basically, I, I don't like, think, I think. I think that's. I think that's what it is. I don't think we see those. We're gonna be. We're gonna see those in what? Let's say like the Jets Oilers series. I think there's gonna be scrums, but not as many as there were in the Panthers thing. Just because there aren't no fat, there aren't any fans to get them all ruffled up and just excited to go fight people. I I I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, and then last uh, last game of the playoffs or first round that we're, ta- uh, we're, we're talking about is going to be the Wild versus Knights. They're tied 1-1. Wild take a close first game in overtime, winning 1-0. And Vegas um, absolutely plays amazing uh, the second game and takes the win. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury is literally the standout in this series so far. He looks like he's 25, has no age. Amazing saves, flying left and right, doing everything he can to keep this, uh, this, this, like this, this team winning, and he's looked amazing. Should Pittsburgh have protected Mark Andre Fleury? And um, the, and the expansion draft in uh twenty uh was it twenty seventeen the Vegas yeah, expansion I think it was draft seventeen yeah should Vegas should Pittsburgh have protected Mark Andre Fleury? At the time, it was the right decision, but also Matt Murray turned into a pumpkin. So, like, who would have expected Matt Murray to go the opposite? Like, we all expected that Murray, like, Flurry goes down and Matt Murray goes up, and it went the opposite directions. Like, completely different, completely opposite directions. So, if you're looking at it from management, they did the right thing. They got the younger guy who is experienced and had Mark Andre Fleury behind his back to help him be the number one goalie. That just completely tanked, um, and just it's this he Matt Murray just forgot how to play hockey. And if Matt Murray was at least half as good as what Mark Andre Fleury is doing right now, the Ottawa Senators would be fighting for fourth place in this division, and that just didn't go well. Um, so from a management perspective, you want to go with, you have Tristan Jari in the minors. So you go like, logically, it makes sense to go with the two younger guys, but like, I, I agree, but it just, it didn't, it didn't look, it just, it hasn't, it hasn't worked out sadly. And it's just, it's cause like they ended up training, like Murray just came off of winning his second cup as a rookie, basically. Exactly. And, and I, I, I know the, I know the, like, I know the, like, all, everything behind it, but they ended up trading Murray and he's not doing fantastic. And Jari, like, I'd rather have Flurry than Jari at this point. Like, so, so crazy. Just, I think it's so crazy what's, what, what happened with that team. What happened with the, with Pittsburgh, yeah. what happened with that situation. It's that. And there's another thing where, like, you, you don't have to pay, pay him that too. So you have more calories. Uh, Cap, cap space when it comes to just mm-hmm. if you have two younger guys you don't have to pay them as much as you're paying like um, Andre Mc, McFlurry oh my god you called him Mark Andre McFlurry again he literally called I remember he called him Andre McFlurry last year I was gonna say Mark Andre Fleury my bad um so yeah so that's that's I think the wrap up for the first round series that's already happened um let's go into the Oilers Jets um Trevor we we all, me and Lucas already called like who's who's gonna take this series. Who are you calling for Oilers and Jets? Uh, I I don't know. I just I don't. I think it should be the Oilers. 
It's not even a, it's not even a question. I don't personally. think it's going to be that close. Connor Halbrook's going to steal one. So you're I, saying Oilers I, in, five, in five? Yeah. I have a, I have a sweep. I can't even see, I can't even see. Uh, I think Halbrook's going to steal one. The, the thing with the Jets is, I mean, they have an elite goalie. Their defense is god-awful. It's, it's okay. So their defense is god awful, and also all their forwards don't play defense. Blake yeah. Miller might be the worst defensive forward in the NHL. Yep. But no, remember Patrick Line. Patrick Line was was worse apparently. Like that's that situation is so is so weird. And like, it's not even Blake Wheeler. It's like him and Mark Scheifele and Pierre Luc Dubois, who was your big pickup. They just stay in one zone. It's yep. so it's baffling. It's baffling to me. Although when is Nick Ehlers coming back? We don't know. Because that could be yeah. huge for that team if they. Because Nick Ehlers, Nick Ehlers is their like, he's he's their ball of energy. He's their Mitch Marner. Like he's their, you know, uh, what's what's a comparable for the Canucks for Nick Ehlers? Like Bo Horvat or Brock Besser? Yeah, I don't know. I. I don't watch enough Nick Ehlers to to know that. Like, but like he's like been... Nick Ehlers. Nick Ehlers is like he it's, he seems just like the backbone of that offense, like the like the the main part of that offense, and they can't. Like, it should be Blake Wheeler or Mark Shifley, but he's but he is since Line left their most important forward. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's just I, I I for the Jets for for a Jets fan's sake, you obviously want Nick Ehlers, but I just want to see Nick Ehlers in the playoffs personally. Because he's been he's been he's torched the Leafs this year. I hate playing him, but like so so great. Uh, he's been such a great player for them, and I really just I I'm 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 at a loss for words on how how little I think of the Winnipeg Jets without Nick Ehlers in the lineup, and how how I have no confidence in the in this team. Well, they've been bad. They've just been bad since Ehlers got hurt. And then even you look at the um, Edmonton side, like their biggest question mark going into the season was goaltending. Mike Smith's had a great year. I, we made fun of that signing so hard. Like, and then, yeah. Like I, I don't know what happened. Why did 39-year-old Mike Smith turn into Arizona Mike Smith? 2012 yeah. Mike Smith. 2012 Arizona uh, Conference Finals in the West, uh, Mike Smith. I don't know how don't that know happened. happened. It just – they have to ride Mike Smith because Miko Koskinen. Oh boy. Yeah. The Miko Koskinen saga. Good. The Miko Koskinen saga with how he stayed at Edmonton is one of the funniest things ever. How Peter Shirelli, the day before he was fired, signed Miko Koskinen to a, I think a, it was either a three or four year contract. Three. He's got one more left after this. Oh, he's year. got one more. To a three year contract right out the day before he was fired one of the funniest things and like that's not an NHL goalie no I just watched him give up four goals on four shots and get pulled to Vancouver to Vancouver this wasn't like Like this wasn't like this wasn't you know the Habs this wasn't the the Leafs this was Vancouver who never made the playoffs in the North Division man and two of them were two of them were brutal goals like uh, like like David Riddick against Vancouver level goals Ugh, I don't want to talk about that game. I don't want to talk about that game. That was oh Dave Dave Brunick. I'm so happy. I'm so happy he's probably not going to even play because like uh, goaltending like goaltending depth is, is is great ever obviously, but just uh, that that game that game scarred me. <laughs> I saw that. Um, 
like Hellbuck can steal you one, one game. I just I don't see it going any any farther than five games because they've just been god awful. Like I, that's just that's just what I, that's just what I think. Also, Pierre Luc Dubois is still questionable for game one, isn't he? Yeah. Question? question? Jeez. Okay. He's not playing. I don't know what. Uh, I haven't heard. I didn't even know he was questionable. Damn. Okay. And okay. I want to talk about a trade that didn't work out for either team. Like we talked about that, that team, that trade looks bad for both sides. Yeah. Jack Rosovic might be the best thing to come out of that trade. Exactly. (laughs) Which is, which is not the reason why you made that trade. You made that trade for, you know, 50 goals of Patrick Laine and, you know, 70 points of Pierre Dubois. Instead you got whatever, 35 points of Jack, Jack Roslovic and a, maybe a center. Like, and Jack Roslovic was playing fourth line with uh, Patrick Laine. So I don't know. And Max Tommy. And Max Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be um, interesting to see what Columbus does with a new coach. I've, I, I, I want it to be like, I think it could be like Rick Tockett or no, 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 not, not Rick Tockett. Um, I, I don't actually know. Cause I think Rick Tockett's going to go to New York. Uh, and I want, I, I think Gerard Glant's going to go to Seattle. Rick Tockett was interviewed for Seattle, so he could go to Seattle too. But I think, I think, uh, I think you know, Gerard Glant's going to go to Seattle. And, and I think, I think that that Rangers job is Rick Tockett's. I don't know who, I don't know who, I don't Another know who, who would go to Columbus. It could be interesting is Travis Green if the Canucks don't bring him back. The Canucks have to because that's a great fit. I I really like Travis Green with what he's what he's done with the Canucks. Yeah, I think tra- if if they get rid of Travis Green, I think that's gonna be a that that's a bad thing. How do you Vancouver. keep how do you keep Benning and get rid of Travis Green? Is my is my thing with with, with the Aquilinis. Like you can't you can't get rid of Benning and keep uh, sorry you can't keep Benning and get rid of Travis Green. Is what like that's that's a problem I would have for the Aquilinis. I have a lot of questions for the Aquilinis, but I don't want to get into that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So moving on to our final pre uh, playoff playoff preview. There you go. Um, we have uh, Habs and uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, they're starting tomorrow night. And um, yeah. So what do you guys think? We want the Leafs to win, obviously. Uh, me and Lucas, uh, Trevor. How do you think this series is gonna go? And yeah, uh, I think the Leafs should win. Um, I think they probably will, but I mean, well, I guess we'll see. I think a big thing for um, this series is how Carey Price plays because he did not have a good year. But for some reason, he just seems to step up in the playoffs. But he also just hasn't played in a while, and he just hasn't really been a good goalie this year. Um, I just saw a video on Twitter. I was, like, uh, looking for the Winnipeg stuff, and I found a video on Twitter of him smashing sticks in uh, in practice. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing if he's just losing it in practice. So Carey uh, Price? Well, yeah, Carey Price was just smashing sticks in practice. Um, interesting. A thing I have is to question is uh, Ducharme. I have a question for him: Is why is he keeping Kakaniemi, Caulfield, and Romanov out for Game One? Romanov's out. Yes, he's that. Those are the three players that are. Dude, I feel so much better now. Dude, just go to the outside and you're good. Because 
that makes so, it actually makes sense that Romanov's out because Weber's going to go back in. But like, dude, just Mitch Marner to the outside, Alex Kerfoot to the outside. Uh, you know, Zach Hyman goes to the outside. Yo, I'm good. I'm good. Nope, no more nerves. Here's what I don't understand from a Montreal perspective. Your team has trouble scoring. They're great. They're, they're probably the best defensive team in Canada, purely defensive. I agree. Um, but their issue is scoring, and they're facing the best offensive team in Canada. Yep. You might be able to slow down some of those guys, but if you can't counterattack, what's the point? And their big offensive threat, Josh Anderson's playing on the third line with, like, Eric Stahl. It's Eric Stahl, Josh Anderson, and Corey Perry. Their job is literally like that's the annoying. That's the old. That's the old man line. That's the old like, man line. Their their scoring line is to Foley, Suzuki, Armia. Yeah. Hey, how is jo- How is Joel Armia in this game and just Barry Cockney and or Cole Caulfield is not? If you put Cole Caulfield on that line, I'm afraid. Scoring line. And you that's have threat. Line. You're actually scared of them, but with the things that are going now is like, I don't like, I don't understand how you just take him out. Like Cole Caulfield, he played a couple of games. He wasn't great, but he did score a couple of goals. And that's what the goals against the Leafs. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like with a team like Montreal, they're good enough defensively that they can afford to put in a guy like Cole Caulfield, who isn't great defensively, mostly because of his size. Yeah. But you can put the puck in the net. They have enough good defensive players. They can shelter Cole Caulfield. Yeah. Defensively. And still get his offensive input. But, like, I just don't understand. Like, I get that they're trying to, like, well, I don't really get it. But, like, I see the rationale where they're trying to be, like, you know, we're it's playoff hockey, so we're going to be even bigger and more physical, and that's our identity. But, like, you still need to score goals. That's a, that's a very good point, my friend. <laughs> I, I, I'm – See, I can't look at that and be like, oh, I don't uh, like, I hate it because I do like it. But I'm, I, what, what doesn't make sense to me is how Romanov has been out because he's been, he's been in the lineup all season, basically. He's been and, like an uh, actual contributor. Another player that's not going to be in the lineup for the rest of the season is Jonathan Druan. He's out for the season. So that's another hit to their team. Um, I don't see how they have a shot in any way as, so, okay, so let's take the scenario of they get rid of Kokanami, uh, Caulfield, and Romanov. They don't have any scoring, and they have a bad goalie with Carey Price. If he, if he isn't 100%, and so you don't have... He played, he, played, he played in Laval. He played in the AHL and was not good. Yes, but also Anderson played in the uh, uh, and AHL. And, and who's not playing for the Leafs? Um, Anderson's not playing for the Leafs. So both of them are not very good uh, in the AHL. So my thing is, you okay? So you let's their positive, their strength is uh, defense. But if you don't have a good goalie, then defense is relatively useless. And if you're not scoring, then you can't outscore the opposition when it comes to just like if you let in a couple bad goals, there's no way of you getting back. It's once you're down, you're down. There's no fighting back. The and, inverse Jets. Yeah, they're. They are they the, are the in, that's a yeah. very good point. They're the inverse Jets with a really like a really good a really good defense, nothing on uh, nothing on forward and uh, and a goalie that can seal you a series. And then the Jets are some really good offense, nothing on defense and a goalie that can steal the series. That's a really that's a really good comparison. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's really interesting to see why the coach is taking these players out when the, those are the stuff they're struggling with. And I know that they've had injuries and stuff like that, but I I don't see a scenario where they can actually pull this off and somehow, even if it's physical, it doesn't matter how physical you are, you have to score goals and you have to like like put up a fight when it comes to just literally like playing hockey. And if they're physical, I don't know how this is gonna like I don't think this is gonna be a series. And it's another thing where to pretend that the Leafs are wearing blue and green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but people keep talking about Montreal's oh well, Montreal's more physical. Montreal's probably more, you know, you know, they're more I, I guess um, you know, brute and whatever. They can they can hit you. The Leafs, the Leafs this season went on and got Wayne Simmons. They got they have Jake Muzzin. Zach Bogosian looks like he's going to be Polino. Polino they got as well. Like, so I don't see that narrative of they're a tougher team because if they're, if they're seen as the tougher team, I don't know how many notches. I don't think that the Leafs are 10 notches below their toughness personally. No, it's like, yeah, I I don't think it's okay. So I was watching, I was looking here. I have a sports uh, like preview, their preview thing and hits wise. The Canadians have 321 hits and a hundred and then the Leafs have 195 hits. So we got out hit during the regular season series, but yeah, we still won. Hits is a weird metric though. Yeah, hits is a weird metric. I don't think that it's if a, you yeah, have yeah. more hits, it means you have a puck less. And the the Leafs are a puck possession team. Yeah. True. But so it's also you're like not gonna have as many hits because you have the puck all the time. But if you're talking about the narrative of a tougher team, it's Whoever has more hits is up, apparently the tougher team, but Montreal had more hits, but they still haven't won. It's funny because with the Leafs, the narrative has always been they're soft, they're soft. Yeah, yeah. They finally show some backbone and they're dirty. That was my favorite storyline <laughs> oh of the entire too. season. Winnipeg Jets call us dirty because we play physical hockey, and then so everyone complains that we don't play physical hockey enough. Um, or they tell us like that's our weakness. We start playing physical hockey. We're automatically dirty. the Boston Bruins, just dirty hits everywhere. That's so funny. I love how you I said like, they just show they showed their backbone. Yeah, we stood up for ourselves. Yeah, like and like my take on that is the Leafs need to add that, or like we're going to say they needed to add that to be successful. Yeah. If they want to go far in the playoffs, they need to have that like physicality and be able to stick up for yep. their guys and like you can't get pushed around yeah and they and, address that yeah I, exactly i remember and, the canucks the canucks had what like rafi torres they had kevin bieksa uh who else in 2011 they had uh i i remember keith ballard i don't know if, I, don't, I don't even remember if he was a if he was a tough guy but they had they had they, ryan kessler was an asshole to play against i remember oh, yeah. and bros was just a oh, pain. I, oh and who's who's who we're gonna be who's coaching right now for the habs couldn't stand Alex Burroughs, but like yeah, we get Alex Burroughs versus Manny Malhotra. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Two two former like M- Manny Malhotra was in that series, right? He was on that Canucks team. He I don't know. That was the year we got much. hit in the face, right? That was the that year was... he got hit in the eye with the puck. Yeah, yeah he got oh, hit wow. in the eye with the puck, and uh it like it screwed up his cornea. I remember so something yeah, yeah something dumb, yeah. and mm-hmm, yeah. So I don't think that they're gonna get that the Leafs are gonna get as pushed around as people think. 
Um, and uh, Jumbo Joe decides uh, in like the last 10 games of the, of the season decides to be a pest against the, the Jets and just takes out Ehlers for the, for the remainder of the regular season. So, uh, I, yeah, I think we have more grit. We have more skill on our team. And I think we are going to make a push in this, uh, in this season uh, or in these playoffs. And we might actually be able to do some damage. Um, anything so else too. you guys want to talk about? Uh, one thing that like has to do with like COVID and just building stuff. Um, Quebec said that Montreal might be able to have up to 250,000 fans or 250, 2,500 fans. There you go. Sorry. Um, 2,500 fans. Um, if it goes to game six, so hopefully it won't because, but it won't best. Yeah. Um, so hopefully it doesn't go to game six, but yeah, it's, I I just don't even want to think about going to game six because then I, I, I'm just, I'm focused on game one, focus on game one. Game one. Like so it, game one be a factor, game yes, but I, if it goes there, but who who knows? Because I think if Montreal wins game one, then the pressure is on. We're going to have a series then, and I don't want to have a series. And I if, just want to wrap this up as soon as yes. possible. I think I think game one will be interesting because it depends on how it goes. If it's a close game, then, you know, it could be fun. If it's a blowout for Toronto, then see you later. Yeah, yep. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we're gonna have a podcast. Do you guys want to have a podcast after game one, or in ga- should we wait till after game two? Game we'll one? go game two. Let's go. We'll go. We'll go. We'll go with game two. Game two. Okay. Um, so we'll be back in a week or so. Um, oh, actually, no. Monday. We'll be back Monday. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Check us out on Twitter and uh, listen to podcasts. Recommend us to a friend. Share the podcast. Uh, thanks for listening, and see you guys on Monday. <laughs>